the envelope method? It's pretty much what it sounds like. Like it's a very descriptive title for a budget method, right? So kind of the big idea is that you get your paycheck in cash and you have an envelope for every budget category. And when you are out of cash in that budget category, then you don't spend any more money in that category. I just said category a bunch of times in the same sentence, but I don't really think there's a better description. <laughs> I don't think I'm just going to roll with it. So yeah, the idea is it's a cash-based budget, which if you're somebody who is like really visual or tactile, that can be super helpful mm-hmm. in helping you to keep track of your money. My opinion, though, and I don't know how you feel about it, Shai, is that it's really only a workable budget method if you either live in a relatively rural area and you're very committed to keeping all of your dollars locally or you're a very young person and you don't have that many expenses. Right. I I would agree because I, there is not a single bill in my life that I pay with cash or check at this point. Well, okay, there is one bill that I pay with a check, but that check is written for me by the bank and sent to people. So it is the only one. (laughs) It does kind of tie into another budget method. I'm thinking specifically of Dave Ramsey, who does the zero-based budget, but also highly encourages using cash only, which I also agree is is very difficult to do especially right now well yes yes honestly I feel super bad for people who benefit from that tactile experience Mm -hmm. because now is not the time for it right there's a coin there's a like actual cash money shortage from the government and there's a deadly pandemic happening in our world so like minimizing what you're handing to people is a super good idea. Right. So with that said, there are, and I've, I've looked at, and I don't have any examples off the top of my head, but I had looked um, for a while for apps that are essentially electronic versions of the envelope method. They work similar to what, what we've talked about, which is taking that physical cash and putting it in an envelope, but you're just doing it digitally. And I do think that that is a a good way, especially if you're new to budgeting or you are that very visual person. One thing that I like about those, that specific method is as you're categorizing your money. And like you said, if you get to the end of uh, the amount of money that you have in an envelope, you are done spending in that category or you move money around because sometimes that's just how life works. Yep. I know for us that happens monthly. So I don't think that there has ever been a time in in our experience budgeting that we have budgeted perfectly for a month and never had to move money around. Ever. Very true. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> um and I've been doing this for a, a few ish years now. I think right. like I think we're like I said I think you know we're we're close to 8 years. I've never had a month where I didn't have to move money from one budgeted category to another because it just it happens. Yeah. It really does. Mhm. And I would say my 
I feel a little bit bad for our family members who are going to end up being brought up periodically through this. When I was a teenager, my parents used the envelope method of budgeting for a few years, and it worked well for a while. And actually, part of the reason that I said it works well if you live in kind of like a rural area, because they do, and at that time, their mortgage was, like, even their mortgage was through, like, a bank that they could walk to. So they could like walk to the bank and pay their mortgage. So that worked out. But over the long term, like that, there was something about the moving of like a $20 bill from one envelope to another that like just ended up kind of convoluting the whole thing. And I think maybe in a way that doesn't happen if you're doing it digitally. (laughs) I agree. I also, because, and I, I have come across this before and this has actually been a struggle in our household because I do move that money around kind of a lot. For instance, Bridget, my wife, she never spends all of her spending money in a month, like just doesn't ever. So random purchases that are for household things that I relatively frequently have to move money around for just because, uh, you know, something comes up and we're, it's, you know, it's just. And it's like, oh no, we're out of dish soap. Well, right. you've got it. You can't, you've got to wash your dishes. Right. Or like something done like that. <laughs> yeah. And we do have a household line item in our budget, but it just, sometimes it just happens. So hers is usually the first category that I take from because it just, she doesn't, she doesn't spend it all. So when you're doing it digitally, it's much easier. But if you're using actual cash and I have to take, for instance, $3.90 out of her, her spending money, but all she has in there are 20s, it makes it very difficult to work with. You know, one of the pros of that though, is that spending physical money is hard. <laughs> it is hard to consciously walk into a store and spend $2.80 on something if you have to break a 20 to do it. You really question whether or not you need that item. That is true. I am the worst at spending cash. I will I will hoard it because I hate spending it, but I have no problem swiping my debit card. Like none. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I will also say, for me, what has kind of wound up happening, and I say this as hello admission to perhaps my Mormon friends and family who are listening to this, when I have cash, one thing that I know is going to cost an exact dollar amount, I'm not going to have any coins, is a lottery ticket. And so if I have to break that, I am slightly more likely to gamble, which is also not a smart financial decision. (laughs) It's really, it's not. It's one of those that I struggle with that one because there are a lot of vices that I just say, you do you. Like, but, but gambling is one of those ones that like, it's a, it's a toughie. It, it, you, you're more likely to become a millionaire by saving and investing and, spending money wisely than you are to win the lottery like you are guaranteed to become a millionaire if you do those things you are not guaranteed to become a millionaire if you buy a lottery ticket cash has that danger also (laughs) it does and and now with that said you know there are there are definitely times that I do buy lottery tickets or pull tabs or you know something like that like it's I guess everything in moderation yeah I guess 
I can just circle back around to the yeah. you do you. Yeah, pretty much everything else. I would tell you, like, if you want to buy, if you want to buy coffee from Starbucks every day, like, you do you. Like, go for it. Don't let anybody on the internet bully you into not doing it. Like, that's if you if you plan for it, go for it. So, getting back to the envelope method, it's it's a very simple budget right. method. Like, there's just there's there's not much to it. Like, where I feel like others have more to it, or when we start getting into some of the other the other topics that we have scheduled like there's a lot to some of those this one's very simple it's just very straightforward i guess i would say i'll throw down one more benefit that is similar to the 50 30 20 budget that we talked about last week in that it really if you do decide to do it it really gets you to sit down and think about where and how you spend your money and no matter what budget method you use Anyone that's going to get you to do that mm-hmm. is a good one. Yep, absolutely. And I think that that's in talking about all of these, because next week I, I did say that we are talking about the zero base budget, um, yeah. which is a very similar thing. You, you really have to, to be critical of your spending. And there's that is probably the most helpful piece that comes out of all of these is not necessarily like, I don't think that there is one budget method that is better than any of the others. There's one that I use, but that doesn't make it better than the others. It just means that that's the one that works for me right now. Right. But the bigger picture that comes from it is really taking that time to, to look at where your money goes, what your goals are. Financial goals are, are hugely important. And if you are, I mean, if you're, if you're listening to this, it's either because you're one of our close friends or family members, or because you're, you're (laughs) curious about learning (laughs) more about personal finance from people who are hopefully kind of funny and also have, have been through it and have made so many of the wrong decisions. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, and I, I would say been through it, but also still going through it, right? Like we're not like we're still making stupid mistakes and in the weeds because neither one of us are like independently wealthy and going, Oh yes, this isn't a problem for us anymore. So now let us pass our wisdom. No, we're still fighting hard for the wisdom. And I, I, like, I seriously, I still watch personal finance videos on YouTube about budgeting and how other people do their budgets, how they, some people do like budget binders and man, I'm just not that organized. Like I'm lucky enough if I remember to do like an entire morning routine. So uh, uh, some sort of home organization binder. I've tried it. it. It does not work for me. It looks super cool. I want it to work. I want to be that person, but I'm just not. Uh, for any of our listeners who are community fans, if you're like Annie, that's awesome. If you're more like everybody else, that's cool too. Just don't be like Jeff Winger and blow all your money on a special effects commercial that doesn't get you any business. I think that's, I think that's a, li- a great life lesson. There, yeah. really. I was, I was going somewhere before with the, the conversation about oh, so the financial goals thing. That is, figuring yeah. out what your goals are is really important too because if you like I said, you know, if you're, if you're here, there's, there's some reason that you're listening to it. So 
I would challenge you if you don't already know what your financial goals are to set them. And I would say set three. That's a, it's a pretty easy place to start. There's always like one huge reason that got you to this place for, for the longest time. Mine was because I just, I wanted to stop being so stressed about finances all the time. There would be so many nights that I couldn't sleep because I was so worried about money. And that was what got me to learning about how to manage my finances. So from that, you know, I, I, learned more and got to a point where my goals were to not spend more than I made in a month, which seems super easy and super simple. Like it, it seems like a no brainer, but it's not. I I just, I overextended myself and didn't even know it because I didn't have a budget and I didn't understand. And I would get to the end of a month and had late bills and it just, it sucked. It absolutely sucked. It evolved from that to I got to a point where I had my spending under control. I had gotten rid of expenses that I didn't need. I was paying closer attention to what I was spending my money on. And then I decided that I wanted to be debt-free. And I have been pushing through that struggle for years now because it's tough. You know, both of us have degrees and it's just, it's hard. College is expensive. And unfortunately, it's not realistic in our our world that we live in now to in America at least yeah, in the country that we live in yes to go to, to college without a student loan right it's just not possible like you used to be able to work throughout the summer and pay for your full year of schooling and then you know still have some some living money and maybe like work part time but i worked full time plus some throughout college and i still there's no way I could have gotten through that debt-free. I, I had one semester at a, a larger university that cost me the same as my entire two-year degree. So <laughs> right. it's, it's a thing. It's, it's super expensive now. Also, shout out, con- contact your legislators and ask them to make college more affordable and more accessible and maybe even free. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Scholarships, grants. All of those things, like seek them out. There are so many that go unawarded because people don't even apply for them. So there's just money sitting there. I promise you, I know it's one of those things that everybody says and people hear all the time, but I know it is actually a thing that happens. Yes, it is. There are literally people out there that just want to throw money at you to go to school. Yes. Take some work to find them and to get them, but it's worth it. It's worth the time. One thought I was having while we were off the rails the envelope method, if you are a parent who's trying to teach your kids about budgeting, this would be a real solid one to start your kids out on. While they're living at home, they don't have any expenses, they can learn how to handle money in a safe environment. Because when you're a kid, you know, up through being a teenager, like handling in cash is completely fine and really, depending on how old your kids are, going to make way more sense to them. I've been seeing all these ads on Facebook recently for like debit cards that you can give to your kids. I've seen those as well. Well, that seems super weird to me since you don't have any kids. <laughs> like why those ads would be targeted at you, but who knows. Um, I, mean, I talk about personal finance all the time to everybody. So I, and like Facebook is always listening. So that's probably why. That's fair. That's fair. They're like, oh, you know about personal finance. You should tell your friends with kids to get this thing. Well, joke's on you, Facebook. I'm not telling anybody to do that. Yeah, pretty much. I'm not even, I almost 
named the one that I see all the time and I'm not even going to do it, but they don't need that help. For real, I think if you have a young person in your life that you're trying to teach about budgeting, this is a real good way to get them started because a debit card isn't going to make an ounce of sense to, you know, like an eight or 10 year old that is maybe just starting out on figuring out what they need to do with their money if they get any. And I think that that's, I mean, I, uh, so as a person who does not have children, (laughs) you know. Yeah, no, you're good. (laughs) Not trying to tell anybody to parent. I'm just, you know, my, my personal beliefs are not only does it not make sense for them, it's just, it's, you're kind of setting them up for failure because kids are very black and white thinkers. So they don't have that concept of abstract stuff at that point. So you're kind of just setting them up for failure if they don't have this thing in front of them. Like if they don't have cash in front of them, they don't really understand it yet. So like, it's just not, no. <laughs> right, right. Um, and I will say there is some stuff out there. If you set up like a, like a savings account for your kids, and this was something, this was actually something that I heard on NPR uh, like seven years ago and should have looked up in preparing for this episode and I totally did not. Um, There is a nonprofit in the greater Los Angeles area that helps low-income families learn how to save for college for their kids. (laughs) What they found was that parents who told their kids that they were saving money for college and they were actually saving a little bit for college. It didn't need to even need to be that much. Those kids were more likely to go to college and successfully complete a degree, right? Now their parents might've saved like a hundred bucks their whole life, like the whole life of their kid. Mm-hmm. And that kid was more successful than parents who didn't say anything. So that abstract concept can help your kids in the long run, right? If you're telling them, yeah. hey, yeah, you have a savings account and I'm helping to save for your college. That helps them. But to actually understand how to handle their money, it's not going to help. Like one bit. No. Something I did make a note for myself to hit on this was Rachel had mentioned the ad that she continued to see, but wouldn't even mention the name of the product. Um, Something that Rachel and I discussed before we started this podcast at great length and continue to discuss is we are very particular about the products and services that we are willing to mention in this because we have very strong beliefs, obviously, about finance stuff. So we're not going to mention a product or service that we don't support. We're not going to give them that name recognition. We're not going to give them any of that. And also, if um, we do get to a point where we are able to get sponsors, uh, any sponsors that we work with will only be companies that we agree with. If if we do have a sponsorship of, of some sort, you it, it is because we very, very purposefully made a conscious decision to allow that that brand name to be attached to this. Sorry, I'm sitting here like nodding my head like an idiot because yes. No, exactly. <laughs> and now I should and I, I shouldn't say that, you know, that every everything that we mention is going to be something that we agree with 100%, but if we are going to mention the name at any point, we we're okay on some level with giving them some recognition. Yes. I specifically think of Dave Ramsey that I mentioned earlier, you know, he is 
a very prominent name in the personal finance community. Now, I do not necessarily agree with all of his beliefs uh, and all of his suggestions, but... But he does have some very helpful tools. He does. To help you get control of your money. I'm down with that. Yeah. 